I'd said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we're living in, in some crazy times, aren't we? We're living in crazy times. Crazy town, crazy times. Where up is down, left is right. We don't even know, you know, well, we know. We have two genders, but the world seems to be confused about this. You know, I talk to older people and, you know, I ask them, was it this way when you were growing up? And they're like, no, what we're seeing today is abnormal. What we're seeing today is a massive change from where we were as, as human beings. And what's the driving force of that? Just like you could ask the question, what's the driving force of climate change? And I think it's cyclical. But these paid-off scientists that are pushing a globalist agenda, they want to try to sell a square peg in a round hole, manipulate the data, and make it whatever they want it to be, and use that to control your every aspect of life. Every facet of your life will be controlled. Ocasio-Cortez, we find her on the cover of GQ magazine, saying that she is oppressed. Michelle Obama recently came out and said she was oppressed. These are the richest people in the world now. Overnight, they get into politics, and instead of serving the people, they just get rich. And you got $2 billion more going out to Ukraine, according to Blinken, the, uh, the leader of the corrupt State Department, the State Department that's in bed with the CIA, that rigs elections all around the world, that puts Black Lives Matter flags and rainbow flags up on their embassies, has gone completely mad, which is another word for saying gone completely woke. And this is supposed to be our best diplomats. 
But they're all globalists. They're all liberals. They're all academic. None of the things that they're pushing have been practiced or have been proven. Yet they think they're the smartest people in the room, as all academic people do. I remember when I went to college, the first year, reading all these books and thought I was so smart and then realized that reading the book doesn't get it done. You got to do it. And there's a big difference in <laughs> in reading and doing. And a lot of these things that are being practiced by our leaders in government, they're, they're theories being put out there for the first time, unprecedented theories that are just not working out right. These climate initiatives. You know, Tucker had an interview uh, talking about the climate grid in California. And then you ask yourself the question, like, say, during the COVID years, you say, why did some state, why did the red states have less deaths than the blue states? Well, one, you had corruption among the left that was trying to drive up the numbers to fear monger, just like they do with climate. They drive up the numbers, and every day CNN and MSNBC would have these numbers from Johns Hopkins and talking about what a crisis this is, fearing you into doing things you would never really do on your own. Get the vaccine, social distance, wear that mask. And they did it with, in the 70s, Leonard Nimoy had an ad uh, pushing the Ice Age. Of course, that didn't work out. And it was uh, Al Gore pushing the end of times. That didn't pan out. He got an Oscar or an Emmy or something. He got some award for that movie, The Un- Inconvenient Truth or something like that. Um, but they, they've been wrong so often. How do they get credibility? A boy who cries wolf, like for a living, for decades. How in the world do they keep going back, getting to go back to the well? What kind of people support that, that lack of credibility? And I'll tell you the kind of people it is. Number one, they're being paid off by agenda people because of their popularity, their branding, their their uh, celebrity, like an Al Gore, even though he has zero credibility. Or uh, J- James, uh, well, and our, uh, our uh, climate czar, um, and a whole host of other people who've just, you know, have a pattern of being wrong, yet they're getting paid to open their mouth and speak because celebrity sells in America. For some reason, you got to be a celebrity in order to carry a message. And it's the weak liberal voters that buy it. Instead of being skeptical and instead of saying, Instead of saying, you know, you're, you know, you were wrong then, and I, I, I question whether you're right now. Whether, you know, just use some common sense. But too often, so many people are either so ill-informed 
where they don't want to remember that the person was wrong or or that because they supported this person, they uh, can't admit that they're wrong, which is an even bigger human flaw. But there are so many people that are uh, impacted and infected by peer pressure. And again, we've talked about this a lot this week, about this, we got to get away from being afraid of being called names. Like, at this point, I don't really care whether a Democrat calls me a racist or not, because they've, they've you know, bastardized that name so so much that it has no meaning anymore. It, it, it once did have meaning. Just like a gay old time back in the 30s and 40s doesn't mean the same thing anymore. You know, these words have gotten twisted. The meaning of life, the meaning of words, you know, the meaning of life is questioned uh, in the cases of uh, abortion. The meaning of of the gender is questioned in these trans-binary whatever. You know, and it's not by mistake that this confusion and chaos is part of the playbook. It's not by mistake. It's being put out there on purpose. And, you know, a lot of normal people, a lot of healthy people, a lot of honest people, a lot of good people don't approach a debate trying to manipulate sort of like the truth or, or a virtual reality or, or, or an alternative reality to somehow win their argument. Just like you take Fetterman right, Fetterman right now. He finally granted Oz a debate in Pennsylvania. But guess what? He granted it, he said, two weeks before the election. Well, guess what? They're actually starting to vote in Pennsylvania in a week. And that should be outlawed. That should be that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. This early voting like this. When did this become a thing? When was this when did this you know, forget about ballot harvesting and mail in balloting, which we know is riddled with fraud and packed with mules, as Dinesh D'Souza outlined in his movie. Speaking of movies, my son Hunter is out. I uh, hear it's gotten mediocre reviews, if if anything. It's uh, a little bit of a, a lousy film, but funny and somewhat enlightening. Um, but uh, I wish it was better, actually. I wish I could report that it was great. It is interesting that Hunter was in Serbia at the same time that they were shooting in Serbia. What is Hunter doing in Serbia? He lives in Malibu. And what is he doing with all that Secret Service? If Secret Service people would blow the whistle, it'd be kind of interesting. You know, Biden, I hear Joe Biden used to swim naked as a vice president in front of Secret Service people. What a scumbag Joe Biden, quid pro Joe, is. Just a total scumbag. Mark Cuban threw Elizabeth Warren under the bus. I mean... But do you really care? Because he defended Hillary Clinton. So who trusts his judgment? 
It's just kind of interesting to see the manipulation in the playbook. <clears throat> they throw you an ounce of reality to sugarcoat and get, lend, get, get their credibility back so that they can go back to the well and lie to you some more about the bigger item, about the bigger picture, about the thing that really counts and really amounts to something. Because bashing Elizabeth Warren, a senator that's not up for re-election anytime soon, he could bash her, she could take the hit, and he could come off looking like he has credibility again. I think Bill Maher does the same thing. He's got a bunch of libtards following him. And every once in a while, you know, he'll throw out a salvo that the conservatives love, and the conservatives just grab onto him, and it gives him this credibility that somehow he's some neutral. So then when he says something, it makes it look like, well, he's he's come out and said things truthful on both sides. So he's credible. He doesn't have an agenda. Of course, they all have an agenda. And the, be- the sooner we find out about that, the quicker, uh, the better. Well, the globalists are the problem. And uh, here's a couple of clips I want to play. I want to play this first one. This is the EU will per- propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours in order to flatten the curve. Now, if you want to know what's going on in California, listen closely to the words this woman in the European Union is using. Listen closely because it's important. And think about how they wanted to flatten the curve with COVID. COVID was used to control people, to control their behavior, put masks on them, to rig elections through mail-in balloting, uh, to get the vaccine passport, which was soon to become the social credit score system. Now they have a climate green card or climate card uh, they're selling carbon uh, footprints. They're selling carbon carbon uh, certificates. Uh, they got this ESG, which is a, basically a toll and a tax for corporations. Get me on that list. I want to be green too. And and it's all become a racket and a business for the globalists. And again, they're using climate to control people. Let me ask you something. Why is Florida, which is hotter than California, not experiencing the the same kind of power shortages that California is? Well, because California shut down nuclear power plants and has cut down on leases on fossil fuel energies used to support the electric, electric grid. And the population has gotten bigger because of so many people coming through our southern border illegally, turning the lights on. Yeah, that, that's one argument you can make, and there's several others. But Florida's not experiencing the same thing because they have a conservative leader, and Gavin Newsom's a pig, a scumbag Democrat. So basically... You got DeSantis, no problems. And you got Gavin Newsom, all kinds of problems. You know, he gave this speech about how he's going to have to 
do this uh, flex power, this whole ratcheting of power and manipulating of power, and, and everybody's going to have to turn their thermostats up to 78 degrees. Guess what? It's summer, right? It's still summer. He was wearing a fleece. It's supposed to be like seven, it's like, I don't know what the temperature was where he was speaking, but he was indoors. He must have, he must have kept that room so cool that he needed a fleece. I mean, that's the question. What's the temperature? Why are you wearing a fleece? But then again, you know, I guess he thought, well, I look better in a fleece. I'll wear the fleece even though it's summertime. Reminds me of Liz Cheney's dad, Dick Cheney. And he's trying to do a last-ditch campaign effort for Liz Cheney, who got a beatdown like there's no uh, no tomorrow because she went against Trump. And Trump, is, of course, is what the Republicans want. The Democrats want to deny the Republicans their candidate of choice. And that's... That's that. That's the way they, they want to do it. Banana Republic style. But Dick Cheney was wearing a, you know, a fleece vest and a cowboy hat. He looked like Howdy Doody on steroids. It was unbelievable. This is all about globalists. This is all about ceding power to outside authorities. This is about Seeding power without the elective process, without democracy. The same people that are preaching democracy are the same people trying to skirt around democracy in order to gain power. And and I'm talking about power with no term limits. I'm talking about power with no end of sight with corruption. I'm talking about a corrupt police force like the FBI or a corrupt spying agency like the CIA, and corrupt diplomats like those found at the UN and the State Department. Yeah, they're all corrupt. And guess what they have in common? They're all in support of globalism. And they try these words, but they keep going back to the same playbook, and it's just so obvious to anybody with half a brain and open mind and a and a healthy level of skepticism. You don't believe everything you hear. The other thing coming out of Europe, before we listen to this clip, I want to announce that there's probably going to be some big news coming out of England that uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, is very ill. And so that's going to be big news. Um, Just FYI on that. Look that up. You'll see there's some big news coming out about that. But I want to get to this. Um, the EU will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. So they're going to control, because they cut your grid, they're going to control what you do in peak hours. Now, Europe is not anywhere near as hot as Florida. Would you all agree? So why are they having these problems? Because of Germany, for example, who've cut all their fossil fuels and now they're they're begging for mercy from Russia and there's so many other factors involved with that but they are they are a 
uh, series of countries that have lost their middle class. They're controlled by socialists. And in the countries where they are not controlled by socialists, their energy grids are fine. Let's take a listen to this uh, European Union woman. I don't know her name. It doesn't say it. She's a blonde-haired woman wearing a pink suit. And she is surrounded by European Union flags. And let's take a listen. And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. Mandatory. So if you're her... Or if you're Emmanuel Macron or Schultz, uh, the leader of Germany, or any one of these great, uh, like if you're Klaus Schwab with 15 houses, if you're Zelensky with houses in Tuscany and in Miami, you don't have to worry. You could live in lots of luxury, air conditioning, but if you're a taxpaying citizen that pays this woman's salary, You're either going to flatten that curve or you're going to go to jail for three years. You're going to be locked up if you don't obey those restrictions. doesn't matter what else you do. That's that's uh, and don't eat too much either. And if you are going to eat, we want you to eat crickets. We want you to eat that while we have our steak on our private jet flying off to some other luxury destination that's what's going on in this world folks and it's happening right now it's been happening and we need to stop it because this is not right this is not this is the end of times this is the end of the world as we know it and this is a this would be a real problem uh, like, take a listen to this. Mark Ruta, right? Now, Klaus Schwab brags, and he says, we have infiltrated all of these governments, and we have young World Economic Forum graduates like Justin Trudeau and, and Mark Ruta, you know. So here's Mark Ruta at Davo, Dave, Davos in 2016. So what policy did the World Economic Forum propose? Well, they decided to steal the land from farmers. For open borders internally, without a system for stronger external borders on the outside. This was a a fair weather uh, policy, it strikes me, and rather dangerous to put fair weather policies at the heart of Europe. What do you think can be done in the near term? Uh, Donald Tusk has talked about two months to get things organized. What can be done in the near term to to manage another year? Well... All right, so now you're going to hear Mark Ruta, uh, the leader from, let me guess, I'm going to say Sweden or Finland, I'm not sure, but Mark Ruta uh, is part of the World Economic Forum, an out-and-out outright globalist. 
First of all, I am in complete agreement with Donald Tusk that we need to get a grip on this issue in the next six to eight weeks. And the reason is that when spring comes and the numbers of refugees coming out of Turkey and Lebanon and other countries through Greece into the rest of the European Union, through the West Balkans, um, we've, we see today that in the first three weeks of this year there were 35,000 people crossing the sea from Turkey into Greece. Last year it was only 1,600 in the full months of January. Now 35,000 in the first three weeks of this year. And this is winter. <laughs> so when spring comes and the numbers will quadruple, it will go up considerably, we cannot, uh, as a European Union, uh, at least for the Netherlands, uh, for Germany, for other countries, we cannot cope with the numbers any longer. So we have to get a grip on this. So this is the immediate agenda for the next six to eight weeks. This has to do with making a success of the EU-Turkish agreement, uh, making a success of building the hotspots and the reception facilities in Greece and uh, in Italy, making a success of the relocation system within the European Union. Your question is about Schengen. I mean, Schengen is crucial. Uh, a lot of our wealth, of our economic potential has to do with the fact that we have open borders. So he's an open border guy. That's their wealth. Uh, and he, in essence, was, was, and Pelham wrote this, he says, Mark Ruta at Davos, Davos 2016. So what policy did the World Economic Forum propose since then? Well, they decided to steal the land from the farmers. And when they steal that land from the farmers, what are they going to do? They're going to give it to all those refugees. And, and the other part of that is they created the problem in the first place. They kept on picking a fight with Russia. How? Back then? How did they do, how did they do that? They did that by manipulating uh, the uh, this situation in Syria, creating a crisis. They did that by arming ISIS. So you got to understand that in 2016, this was before Trump was president, and Syria, that had been supported by Obama, you know, the Syria uh, Mil uh, Middle East strategy in general, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Turkey, who's led by Erdogan, you know, the destabilization of Egypt, the overthrow of Libya, it was all about oil, and somebody needed to protect that oil. And instead of using mercenaries, say, from America, they, were, they, they had some of that, but predominantly they had the mercenaries through the terrorist groups. So they decided to neutralize the threat of al-Qaeda and turn them into ISIS fighters and pay them off and give them jobs. And I remember it was Jen Psaki back in the Obama years where, or it was uh, Marie Sharp, Sharp. She said this, she said, what they really need is they need a good paying wage. They need a good paying job. They need minimum wage. They need a job. That would, you know, that would create a lot more peace and stability in the region. And to some extent, she might even be right but it was the way they went about doing that solution that was so horrible. And that solution was 
to basically pay off Al-Qaeda, allow them fester and grow into a force called ISIS, which they called ISIL, if you recall, in Levant instead of in Sham. But what they did was they paid off these ISIS warriors and they covered it up. They covered it up. That's what why Benghazi was such a hot mess. That's why Benghazi was so secret. But Hillary Clinton was involved with this. Obama was involved with this. John Kerry was involved with this. And he was the name I was trying to think of earlier, too, by the way. Um, but in any case, they were paying off. They gave, just like we did with the Taliban in Afghanistan, which is proving to be a real hot mess in and of itself. The big news out today is that these refugees that came out of Afghanistan were not vetted as they were promised, as promised. Jen Psaki said they were vetted. Find out that they were not vetted. So the State Department and the military and uh, the DOD and the, the, the Pentagon and the Biden administration reversed course from what Trump was going to do and totally botched the situation. But did they really botch it? It was their plan to actually fortify the Taliban so that they could run their own government. They, they basically said, you know what? We're not going to fight the Taliban anymore. It's just not worth it. They're not going to go away. They're like roaches. They won't never go away. So we're going to give them $80 billion or whatever it was in military assets, forts, buildings, infrastructure, printers, computers, uh, all kinds of weaponry, helicopters, fighter jets, tanks, Humvees, you name it, they got it from us, from you, the taxpayer. Go ahead and run Afghanistan. Of course, they're not well-equipped to run anything because they're terrorists, they're, they're absolutely, you know, crazy individuals. It's the Taliban. They're the worst of the worst. But that's who we chose to run Afghanistan into the ground now. And somehow we think that that's going to go well. Well, the same thing was done out of Benghazi. They overthrew a toll collector in Libya named Gaddafi, who was basically not going to allow oil to flow through his country unless you paid him off. And people like Lindsey Graham were saying, hey, that's going to cut into my action, my kickback action, my palm greasing action that Lindsey Graham is so famous for. And back then, John McCain was directly into it. And you saw McCain and, and Lindsey Graham hopping around with al-Baghdadi, hanging out with a bunch of terrorists in the Middle East. They're like, Why is that photo coming around? How did, how did that photo get taken? Why are they with those guys? Shouldn't they be representing Arizona and South Carolina? Yeah, <laughs> but they weren't. It's crazy. Crazy time, crazy town. It's so much corruption. The Iran nuclear, you know, the JCPOA deal was just another Ukraine-style deal. Uh, we're going to give you the world. We're going to give you, nine, what, $150 billion that was frozen assets? And we're just going to redistribute that all over town, all over Washington, in the form of NGOs and and uh, anybody that would support our mission that that was in power and in the right place at the right time got paid off. 
And of course, Lindsey Graham was all part of that, part of all of that. It's a sad shame we have leaders like that, and we can't get rid of them. In Lindsey Graham's case, we probably could have, but he somehow manipulated the South Carolina GOP in not having a primary that year. Wrote it off as COVID, and that Trump, you know, doesn't have any any real contestants running against him because he was the incumbent. It's crazy stuff. Trump and and Lindsey Graham never liked each other, by the way. That relationship was a relationship out of coercion. 